Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Team previews heading into the 2023 football season. We shift gears a little bit to 
a future member of the SEC, Hook'em Horns, the Texas Longhorns, and our friend Sean of the Horn Takes podcast. He joins us today to talk all things Texas football, and I figure, why not a year early, right? We all know Texas, Oklahoma coming to the league. The 2024 schedules are out, and I just could not help myself, Sean. We had to bring you on, especially after our great conversation on Monday, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. What is going on? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, uh, excited to talk SEC football. I'm excited. I'm glad that, well, I mean, I'm kind of glad baseball's over for Texas because now I can kind of refocus <laughs> on football and recruiting. I wish we were still playing baseball. Mm-hmm. What a hell of a College World Series so far this has been. Dude, every game's like a one-run game. And then, of course, the time that we're talking right now, tonight we get Paul Skeens and Rhett Louder, two of the best pitchers in all of college baseball, and you got premier programs, obviously, with LSU and Florida and then Wake Forest, what they're doing is the number one overall seed. It's crazy, man. The College World Series is wild. But I agree with you, you know, as a South Gunner fan, we were right there on the edge of the Super Regionals, and it's like if your team's not in a College World Series right now, it's like this is truly the dog days of the offseason, which, again, is why I'm glad <laughs> we're having this conversation and we're conversating. So, Sean, again, really excited to talk Texas football going into this season. But before we do, though, let's look back at 2022, year two of Steve Sarkeesian. Texas goes 8-5, and 6-3 and three in the conference. They lost to Washington in the Alamo Bowl. But what really, Sean, stands out to me looking back at the schedule, a one-point loss to Alabama, a three-point loss to Texas Tech in overtime, a seven-point loss at Oklahoma State, and a seven-point loss to TCU, who obviously played for the national championship, and then a seven-point loss in the bowl game. So Texas did not lose a game by more than one score a season ago. Just talk about the 2022 season and what it was to the Longhorns. Yeah, I think the 2022 season was a was a good step for Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns. Uh, they definitely needed to go out on the field and and prove that uh, they could compete a little better in some of these games. I know the year before they they had a lot of games in the bag and they sort of let them slip away. We saw a little bit of that this year in 2022, but they, they were able to hold on to some of those. So you, we obviously had a side that we had uh, the Baylor game uh, that was touch and go there late. We had the Kansas State game where we got a big lead, and, and then Kansas State started roaring back on us. So the team has showed improvement. They've they've proven that they now know how to win some of these close games. And I think the the next step for this Texas team and Steve Sarkeesian is to continue to build on that recruiting momentum that he's that he's had. The last two recruiting cycles have been really good for them, and and not just good, like good in the right spots. We talked on the show Monday. Uh, you know, you got to have trench guys. You got to have defensive line. You got to have offensive line to win in the SEC and really anywhere in college football, but especially important in the SEC. And he has really spent a ton of time devoting recruiting to those two areas. There's a lot of depth there now. It's really young. It's really inexperienced. And I think the next step for them is to continue to layer depth in behind that. And obviously these guys are going to get more experience. So I, I think overall for Texas fans, I feel like we left some on the table. We should have beat tech. We should have beat Oklahoma state. Sometimes that's the way it go. The bowl game is a bowl game. Uh, we had a lot of key guys out, obviously, and I'm sure I'm sure Washington did too. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams across the country that that kind of have to deal with that. But uh, the other the interesting thing that I didn't know at bowl time was uh, Jonathan Brooks had a, a, a sports hernia that he basically played with all season. So he ended up being the starting running back in that game. He wasn't even close to healthy. So. All in all, I think it was a great season in 2022 for Texas. Maybe not great, but it's definitely a positive step for Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. 
I think this season is really important, and we'll probably go into this a little later, but this is a really important season for this this roster and this coaching staff, especially as we talk about this move into the SEC. Yeah, Sean, you mentioned Steve Sarkeesian. I want to stick with that. Five and seven in year one, eight and five in year two. So like you mentioned, the progression is there. What's the feelings around Steve Sarkeesian going into year three? Like you mentioning, uh, the recruiting is picking up. Obviously, he was a hot name hire. And of course, year one, though, going five and seven, but a, a hot name hire, no doubt. What's the vibe around Sark going into, like you mentioned, what is a pivotal year three for him and his coaching staff? Yeah, I think the vibe around Austin and, and just Texas fans in general regarding Sark is uh, I think we really like him. I know for me personally, I, I like how he his attention to culture. I think, you know, you look at Steve Sarkeesian and he's coached for a lot of really good coaches. But I think when you talk about college football, you, you got Nick Saban is just I mean, if you can work for Nick Saban and you don't take that opportunity and don't take full advantage of that you've absolutely shorted yourself. And then he, and then he also has a lot of experience coaching with Pete Carroll, who I think if you look at Pete Carroll, you look at Nick Saban, they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how they manage their programs. So I think he's probably been able to sit back and learn a lot from both of those guys. But the thing, the thing I think he draws a lot on from Steve, or excuse me, from Nick Saban is the culture piece of it. He wants guys that want to come to Texas to play for Texas, not just guys that are looking for big NIL deals, not just guys, uh, you know, that are that are looking for a lot of attention during the recruiting process. He's really dialed in on getting guys that fit that culture, teaching them that you got to come in here and you got to work hard. And I and I think we're starting to see, uh, you know, some of the benefits of that culture. And it takes a while to you got a program that's been. I mean, Texas was pretty bad for ten years. Uh, definitely not. Uh, what Texas fans want and 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 what the Texas administration wants out of their football program. And it takes time to rebuild that. And I think, you know, Tom Herman for, for all his goodness on the field, like he's a, he's a, he's a smart guy. He understands football. I think he lacked really uh, severely in that culture department. And I think his main goal was to sign the best class he could, regardless of whether it was the right fit for the team at the time. And I think that's the difference between, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Tom Herman at this point. Uh, as far as going into this 2023 season, you mentioned the recruiting. He he did have a ton of momentum coming out of Alabama. He he's he's had relationships with a lot of these kids for a long time. He's obviously you know put guys in the league. He's had Heisman Trophy winners that he's been responsible for at both USC and at Alabama. So th- so he has a whole lot of capital from a football perspective with a lot of young players across the country. And so for this year, I think it's put up or shut up time almost for Steve Sarkeesian. That that capital is not going to last forever if you don't take what you have, go out on the field, and start winning something important, right? So I think for Texas and Steve Sarkeesian this year, that means you go out and you really need to win about 10 games and you really need to win the Big 12. And I think if you can, if you can figure out a way to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, that would be huge, huge, huge from this program, not just from a – sort of, hey, we belong and we can play with these top-notch teams, but also from a recruiting perspective. So, Sean, as we turn our attention to the 2023 football season for Texas, let's start on the offensive side. The quarterback room is loaded with Quinn Ewers returning as a starter, but you've got Malik Murphy, a five-star, and, of course, Arch Manning. Everybody knows that name. 
The big departure is Bijan Robinson, who fills in at the running back position. That's a question mark. But you got some big time outside targets returning in Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, and you add, by the way, a Donnie Mitchell from the portal from the University of Georgia. Not a bad pickup there. Also, first team all Big 12 tight end. Jatavion Sanders is back. And the big kicker here, anytime I see this, Sean, I think to myself, okay, this is an offense that's primed for success. Anytime you have all five of your offensive linemen back. I mean, that's where it starts, right? That's the foundation. So in regards to the Texas offense in 2023, it sounds like the sky is the limit, especially if Quinn Ewers can take that next step under center. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, there's a couple keys on the on the offensive side for me. Who, who do we find to replace all of that production from uh, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson leaving? Which, by the way, Roshan Johnson is one hell of a, a running back. If that kid was at, at almost any other school and wasn't playing behind Bijan Robinson, he'd be like an absolute feature guy. And I've said it on my show, and I'll say it on this show, I think depending on depending on how they're utilized, I think Roshan Johnson might have a better NFL career than Bijan Robinson. I think his game translates a lot better to the NFL than than in college. Uh, we'll see how that goes, and that and that may be a crazy horn take, but that's that's the one I got anyway. So we got to figure out how we replace that that production at running back. And I think you nailed it with Quinn Ewers. Quinn, you know, I don't think Quinn Ewers needs to feel like he has to come in and win games for Texas. I think there's plenty of weapons around him that if he can just manage the game, get the ball out to the right person at the right time and, and protect the football. I, I think that's all he has to do it, talent wise. This is probably one of the most talented offenses I've ever seen at Texas. And that's saying a lot uh, outside of the QB position. So uh, yeah, the offense, the offensive line is key. That's, that's a giant. You got Kelvin Banks, who was a, a freshman All-American, and and he he could probably he he may end up being a an All-American just period this year. That guy is good. Uh, and then a, another guy at right tackle is Christian Jones. Christian Jones has been a guy that's been at Texas for a while. He's a senior this year. He's played quite a bit, but he's never really been what anybody would call you know good. You know he he struggled a lot early in his career at Texas. Kyle Flood comes in, and it takes about a year for him to develop into a really really solid right tackle and I think he's got a chance to play in the NFL and then you've got a ton of young guys that that class they brought in uh two years ago just loaded with young big strong athletic offensive linemen so they're the foundation is there as you said and then you look at the wide receiver position you know you mentioned X you mentioned AD Mitchell Jordan Whittington it was a huge comeback for Texas like getting him back was massive and then you got like Isaiah Nair, who who was a huge uh, gr- uh, transfer for Texas l- before the season last year, blew his knee out in fall camp. He never got a chance to play a second. He's another guy, I think, you know, that's in that same mold as A.D. Mitchell. Long, tall, fast, athletic, a jump ball type guy. He's like, he's everything into one. You know, we talk about speed guy, possession guy. Him and A.D. Mitchell are both to me. Uh, and then you got a couple freshmen coming in, Jonte Cook, and uh, DeAndre Moore, who was a, a last-second flip from from Louisville to Texas. So, uh, again, just the talent-wise, it, it's all there. I think, I think one of the things that I that I sort of struggled with Steve Sarkeesian last year was in the running game and how I almost think he got spoiled at Alabama. 
it, it, it's like at Texas, if he's not getting six, seven, eight yards of carry, it, he doesn't see it as a as a net gain. And so he 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 relies on that passing game a lot. And I think the offensive line's ready to create some holes. And I think we saw it a lot in the last half of the season last year when he didn't have a choice. When Quinn Ewers wasn't playing well, he had to turn to that running game. And the Baylor game is a perfect example. They almost didn't throw the ball at all in the second half of that game. Uh, after that turnover that Baylor ran back for a touchdown, it was running game consistently after that. And they just jammed it down Baylor's throat. And I think they can do that again. But he's going to have to learn to stick with it and not – and this is my assumption – I just feel like there's no other reason for it. He's not getting these massive explosive plays all the time with it. So in his mind, as he's processing the game, it just doesn't seem like it's working. Now, Sean, on the defensive side, a defensive line returns for Texas that led college football and quarterback pressures a season ago. Baron Sorrell up front. Uh, also big Tavondre Sweat, the senior at the nose tackle position. Jalen Ford, your leading tacklers back in the middle at the linebacker position. You got Jaron Thompson, a veteran player in the back end. You also pick up corners, Gavin Holmes from Wake and Jalen Catalan from Arkansas, which is the big one. Uh, and it makes sense because I was looking at the numbers, Sean. You know, Texas only surrendered 21.6 points per game, which ranked 27th in the country. But the number that sticks out, 242.7 yards per game through the air, 90th in college football. So it makes sense why, obviously, Sark would go to the portal and pick up Holmes and Catalan. What you're expecting from the Longhorns defense in this upcoming season? Yeah, I think uh, what I expect is for the defensive line, especially on the edge, to take that next step um, for Texas. Really, since Joseph Osai was at Texas, we haven't had a guy that could get off the edge and create any kind of pressure uh, and and I think you saw it a lot last year. And even though Texas, even though Texas did lead the nation in pressures, the majority of it was from up the middle. The, those defensive tackles, again, you, you got to credit Bo Davis. You got to credit this staff. It's the same guys that were that were on that year one team, the the five and seven team, and they come back this next season and 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 just a totally different team. That team got ran over in the run game. In in Sark year one and in year two they were stout uh and I think part of that was because yeah teams figured they could pass on us that that was obviously a little bit of it but I think again the guys are in place you talked you mentioned Baron Sorrell this will be really his second year starting and he made a lot of great strides he needs to he needs to you know take it to that next level and I, you know I don't know if you're ever going to have two guys like Dallas Turner or or, or that other kid at, at Alabama that are just constantly in the backfield, but you got to have it enough, right? You got to have and especially on key downs, like third and longs. I don't know if you understand the history of third and long for Texas defense. And this goes back to the Tom Herman, maybe even into the Charlie strong era. It, it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. How many third and longs that this team will give it. They gave up two in the Texas tech game that were third and a quarter of the field. One was an actual completion <laughs> for a first down and the other one was a pass interference play on just the, you know, almost a hell Mary type play. So I, I think we helped the defensive backfield by getting more pressure up front. Uh, we're going to be a little thinner at tackle, but I think the tackle play is good there. And I think there's some good guys in behind them as well. Linebackers, a huge key. We got Anthony Hill jr. That that's projected to start at, at the strong linebacker position. You mentioned Jalen Ford. What a year he had. That's another guy that just sort of out of the blue, you know, Jalen Ford's been in the program for a while, and and he played, 
but he he never was flashing the way he flashed last year. I think Jalen Ford outplayed DeMarvion Overshone by a mile last year. He 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 saved so many games for Texas, caused so many turnovers. Uh, it was like it was kind of like watching uh uh Derek Johnson from back in the Mac Brown, early Mac Brown era. He was just everywhere and making plays all over the field. So getting him back was huge, obviously. Weak, weak side linebacker, we got to uh, replace Demo, and it looks like it's going to be David Benda. Uh, he's a he's a senior, a redshirt senior. Uh, Maurice Blackwell is another guy that that might fit into that role, and a junior. So, uh, lots of lots of talent there. And I, and again, I think you you know you talk about getting pressure off the edge. Ethan Burke uh, is a guy. I don't know if you're familiar with his recruitment. This is a lacrosse guy. I like he played all this lake. Uh, lacrosse he played football he's on state championship teams uh but he kind of took a back seat to colton vosick who's another uh texas commit out of the last class uh, as far as just sort of the dominant defensive end on the team but he is he's like six seven and when he got to texas he weighed like 215 pounds uh, he, he he had lacrosse scholarships all over the country so he, you know he's athletic right and he ended up committing to play football at michigan somehow we got in on that commitment you know, got him flipped at the last minute. And the second he went on the field, he played a lot early last year. You could just see, man, that dude, that dude belongs up here. And for a freshman to play defensive end is is something else, right? So he he played quite a bit. And now he's transformed his body. And he's got that good coaching from Bo Davis for the last year. He's going to end up starting at the other end. And and I think I think he's going to cause problems. Uh, he is so long. Uh, again, he's six seven. He's got arms down to his knees. He's he's the type of guy that you know, you just can't get your hands on him. Uh, and once he figures out how to use his hands and and use leverage, he's strong, he's fast. Uh, he's going to be a damn good defensive end. And I think that's going to, again, help the back end. You mentioned the the secondary. We went out and got Gavin Holmes. I don't know a ton about him. Uh, I, I know he was, you know, one of the, one of the uh, higher rated transfer portal guys uh, from a defensive back perspective. And then Jalen Catalan. That's an all SEC guy. And, and the only reason he doesn't continue to be an all SEC guy is because he was injured a lot. So hopefully uh, him coming to Texas, taking some time off, getting healed up. Hopefully he can bring that, you know, that same type of all SEC play to Texas for their last big 12 season. I'm really excited about him. Uh, I, I think, I think the secondary's in a good spot. Uh you mentioned Jaron Thompson. He's out seven, outstanding. Jade Barron's another guy uh, that that's just really good back there. Ryan Watts, a really big, uh, you know, boundary cornerback. Uh, I would like to see the secondary produce more turnovers. That's one thing they didn't do a very good job of was intercepting the ball. I think part of that is just learning a new defense and and trying to trying to get new people in 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 right places and all that stuff. I expect that to be a lot better. My my main concern, I think, heading in is. You know, can we can we reproduce that that run defense that we had last year? Because I think that's always really important. If you stop the run, you get people in situations they absolutely don't want to be in, and it makes playing defense easier. Yeah, Sean, to your point, I was just looking over these numbers. You know, I think for Texas, just converting, right? The talent is there, but converting in 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Led the nation in quarterback pressures last season, but finished tied 71st in sacks with 27. And then to your point, what you just mentioned, you know, Texas finished tied for 104th nationally with 14 forced turnovers. They broke up 51 passes, but only 10 interceptions and only recovered four of 11 fumbles. So, I mean, the, the talent is there, but just converting when you get the opportunities and turnovers can be kind of a, you know, kind of a fickle thing, but putting yourself in position, and when you get in that position, capitalizing on it, obviously going to be a huge key for Texas this season. Let's move to the special team, Sean. You got your kicker, Burt Auburn, back, who was really good last year, 21-26 a season ago. Ryan Sanborn comes over from Stanford. He averaged 41.6 yards per punt for them a season ago. Xavier Worthy and Keelan Robinson in the return game. Just talk about what stands out for Texas in the special teams game this season. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we talked about special teams uh, when you and I talked on Monday and and how that, to me, that's like a, you know, that's a game-changing part of the game. If you could create big plays on special teams, uh, it's it's like a bonus, right? You're, you, it's kind of like uh, shooting free throws when the, when the you know, <laughs> getting points when the clock isn't going in basketball. Uh, it's that same type of uh, effect on a game. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I've never seen Ryan Sanborn punt but his his uh stats are, are really good much better than we had last year uh bird auburn you mentioned him the haircut man that dude's hair is insane <laughs> uh but yeah he kicked really well uh one thing one thing that worries me about and i don't understand i don't know if it's a strategic type thing by texas or if it's a a leg strength issue but i would like to see more touchbacks i, I don't see any reason why you would want to let a guy uh, as talented as some of these players are, let a guy get his hands on the ball and a kickoff, uh, you know, or a punt return if you can control it for that matter. Uh, so, so I would like to see you know more of that. Hopefully, uh, they're they've worked on that. I almost think in some situations they were trying to kick it right at the goal line and try to you know stop them inside the twenty-five, which I think you know if you can do it, that's great. But if they get loose, it, it's not worth it in my opinion. So I'd like to see that change. You mentioned you know worthy. He's a guy that's just electric with the ball in his hands and in tight spaces. That's really his game. Last year, you know, X kind of got used as a down-the-field guy for Texas because they really didn't have anybody else that could get down the field. His game is more Oklahoma first play of 2021. Get him the ball now and let him go. 
Uh, and, and I'm sure you know the play I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He, he caught the ball, made one move, and outran everybody for a touchdown on the very first play of the game. That's Xavier Worthy. He can do the same thing in the punt return game. And then you got Keelan Robinson. And Keelan Robinson, to me, is, is a he's a double threat guy because he can block kicks. Uh, I think he blocked a couple kicks last year for Texas. So so he's a guy that they move him all around on punt blocks and and he just messes things up for people. And he has a he has a nose to get back there and and make a clean block. So I'm excited about seeing him on uh kick returns as well as uh trying to block some kicks. Uh and and we talked about John Tay Cook and DeAndre DeAndre Moore. Those are a couple guys that are looking at uh to back those two up at those return positions. And and both of those guys, uh John Tay Cook especially is almost like an Xavier worthy clone. Uh, in terms of size and and just once he gets the ball in, in a tiny bit of space, it's tough to get him. So, Sean, it feels like Texas is the team to beat in the Big 12 this season. 15 starters return, nine on offense, six on defense. Let's take a look at the 2023 schedule and how it shakes out. You open up with Rice at home, then that big week two matchup at Alabama, which I think could serve, to your point, as a great uh, launching pad, if you will, to the SEC coming up in 2024. I think Texas can prove to a lot of people, hey, we belong in this conference, and this is sort of letting everybody know ahead of time. So at Alabama in Tuscaloosa Week 2, Wyoming at home, at Baylor, Kansas at home, the Red River shootout against Oklahoma. I don't know if we're supposed to call it that, but I don't give a damn. I'm doing it. Uh, at Houston, BYU, Kansas State. Yeah, why not? Uh, Kansas State at TCU, at Iowa State. Texas Tech, when you look at that schedule, how do you feel it shakes out for Texas to have the type of season that Longhorn Nation's hoping for this year? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, you got to take care of business in those two out-of-conference games that aren't Alabama. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, you want to go on the road and, and make a good showing. I, I, You know, winning that game would be huge uh, for Texas, as I said before. And I, I think they have the ability to go win that game. Uh, they, had the, they had the ability this last season to win that game. That was a really... Uh, probably one of the best football games I've ever watched in person. And I'm looking forward to never been to Tuscaloosa, but I'm looking forward to traveling out there to check that one out. Uh, so, so if Texas can manage to get that one in, in Alabama, I think, you know, I think that springboards them to just a, again, a really good season where they're a 10, 11 win uh, team. Th- there's a couple of, there's a couple of games in this new big 12 schedule that kind of worry me. Uh, BYU, Texas and BYU and really Texas has had a, just a, a rough time with BYU. Now there's just those teams. It doesn't make any sense, but you can't beat them. BYU is that one of those teams for Texas. Uh, so whatever it is, BYU just gets ready. The good news is they don't have uh, uh, the one-legged bandit that's playing for the Saints now uh, to, run, to turn all over them two years in a row. With uh, so, uh, And then another game, uh, that Houston game, I think that's going to be uh, you know, Houston wants their shot at Texas. It's been so long since they played and Houston's got some talent uh, and they've got a crazy coach that, he, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to back down from anybody. He's going to have that team ready to play. And, uh, and again, they, uh, they have talent. So th- there's some, there's some spots in the, in that schedule where, where I think Texas needs to be really, really careful. If they get to red river shootout time and they're undefeated or they're a one loss team uh, and they take care of Oklahoma, the schedule sets up nicely for them to uh, to make a, a really good run. But, you know, we've seen it in the past where Texas – we've seen it in the past a lot where Texas has everything laid out in front of them perfect, 
and for whatever reason, they just don't get it done. Uh, and I think that's a culture thing. And I think that's part of what Steve Sarkeesian's changing at the University of Texas. So, uh, again, I think this is probably – for me, if this team doesn't win 10 games and doesn't play in the Big 12 championship game, then I think something went off track, whether it was injuries or, you know, what – whatever the myriad of reasons could be that the team just doesn't live up to expectations. But to me, the expectation is 10 and play for the big 12 title. I feel like I'm not real sure who, I mean, I think Texas tech is doing some really good stuff. I think that's going to be a tough, you know, final game for Texas. Uh, Joey McGuire's already made comments about, you know, he hopes he thinks that's going to be a game that's going to decide who goes to play for the big 12 championship, uh, or could possibly be that. And I think he might be right. Uh, Joey McGuire is an interesting dude because I don't know that he's all that smart. I mean, they went for it like on fourth and whatever, like eight times against Texas. They did it multiple times against Ole Miss, but I think the players just absolutely love him. I think he's just one of those raw, raw guys that uh, these guys, I mean, he could probably tell them to go, you know, burn down buildings for him and, and they would go do it. And they wouldn't even ask a question about it. He's that type of sort of leader. Uh, so, and, and just tech, I don't know. They, they hate Texas, right? So they're always ready to play that game. And, and they always inexplicably have these guys that, you know, they find these sort of diamonds in the rough in the recruiting world that, that almost nobody really was looking at. And they become, you know, big-time players. I like their offensive staff, Kittles. That guy's uh he knows how to put points on the board. So uh, that's going to be a tough game. I think there's a lot of Texas fans that have it in their head that, uh, you know, the team's going to be super pissed for losing that game in, in Lubbock last year and and sort of hearkening back to that 70-35 to 35 game in Austin the year before. I think that a lot of Texas fans think that's going to happen. I would love for that to happen. I'm not so sure that does happen, though. If I'm Texas, I'm looking for a, a sort of a street fight in that one. Uh, so so there's there's lots of potholes in that schedule. It's not, it's not a super tough schedule, at least on the surface. Uh, but again... For me, I'm kind of like, show me. You know, we've seen this before where we don't have such a tough schedule and we should have done this and should have done that and and we'd be playing for the Big 12 championship. And it just hasn't happened. Uh, and so uh, I'm at the point now with with this program where, where, where let's just go do it. Let's show that we can go do it. Uh, and again, I think those first three games are going to set the tone uh, for, the, for the Big 12 schedule and, and beating Alabama or even – even just being competitive with Alabama for two years in a row, I think that sends a message to the rest of the world. And, and it's got to build confidence in that, in that program that, yeah, last year wasn't a fluke. Like we went into their house and we played a good game with them. If we win, who knows what happens? I mean, I could see this team going undefeated if they win that game. I could see it. Don't know that it'll happen. Yeah. Sean, and a great segue to a couple of my last questions for you. Uh, first thing, do you think that Texas this season can be a college football playoff team? And just also, you know, when I look at Texas's season, you know, obviously the goals of this year, the expectations, winning the Big 12, but how important is this season for not just that, but setting the stage for transitioning into the SEC next year? Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I saw a not so early uh, or way too early bowl pre prediction uh, article the other day. And I kept scrolling and kept scrolling and I didn't see Texas, didn't see Texas and bam, there they are in the playoff. And I, I forgot, I forgot who they had them uh, matched up with, but I think talent wise, uh, there has not been a better roster at Texas in a very long time. And we're talking like 
probably, you know, in that 2005 to, to 2009, 2010 Texas era mm -hmm. uh, under Mac Brown, we have not had this talented of a roster. Uh, so, so from a talent perspective, this team actually absolutely has the pieces to go out and, and make a playoff. Uh, you know, we just talked about the schedule. I think it sets up pretty nicely, but they're going to have to be focused through that schedule. And to me, that all goes back to the culture side of it, right? Like physically, as long as they can avoid injuries, and, and I know that's a, that's a big if in college football, you're going to have people nicked up. But it, if they can avoid like any just disastrous type energies or injuries, I, I think they have a chance to, to, to wind up in the playoff. Now, for me, that's not my goal at this point. Uh, I think, I think heading into next year, the playoff is much more uh, conceivable for a couple of reasons. I think they'll have another year of, of good recruiting to, to layer talent. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. In there, uh, and also we're, we're going to 12 teams, so that right. obviously makes it easier. Uh, so I'm going to be a little bit wishy-washy on that one and say, <laughs> I think they can, but I'm certainly not calling for it. Now, as far as is this season the importance, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier Recruiting is king in, in, in college football. There's never been a national championship, at least in my lifetime. There's never been a national champion that just had dud players, right? Mm, right. All these teams that continue to go in and continue to compete at a very high level, they've got amazing rosters. Uh, and so that is, that's like step number one almost for any football coach is to, is to continue to build that roster and layer talent in behind that roster. And, 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 and then you got to develop it, right? Because even though these guys are – you know, even five stars, they're not developed. Most of them are not ready to just come in and, and dominate college football. So you got to develop them. And I think we're seeing that. We talked about multiple examples of that uh, earlier when we were going through the roster. This year for Texas, again, they got to win. They got to keep that recruiting minimum, momentum going. Uh, so whatever that means, uh, they definitely don't want to do things like lose to Kansas and turn turn recruits off from the program. That would be a huge step back. So for me, again, if Texas can manage to get 10 wins this year, they can manage to play for the Big 12 championship. Certainly, if they wind up in the college football playoff, they're going to keep that momentum. Uh, and I think what that means heading into 2024 is you bring, you're bringing a roster uh, into that league that's ready to compete in that league. And you're bringing a roster that now has some experience like actually winning something. Uh, and, and I think that's important. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of programs that just don't know how to win. They, they've got all the pieces they need, or at least most of the pieces they need, but they can't figure out how to actually get it done. Uh, and so getting it done is a huge step for being able to consistently get it done. And I think, again, that's what Steve's got to do this year. 
Uh, that's what the Longhorns have to do this year. Prove that you can go out on the field and get it done when it matters. You do that, you're going to get that recruiting momentum, keep that recruiting momentum, uh, and then you're you're just in a much better spot to head into SEC play in 2024. John, excited to see how it shakes out for Texas this upcoming season and really excited for the Longhorns to come over to the SEC next summer. This time next summer, we'll be talking as SEC members, if you will, or Texas, a member of the SEC. Going to be a great time. Sean, appreciate you doing this. Let everybody know where they can find your work and keep up with the Longhorns this season. Yeah, you can check me out at Horn Takes Podcast. Uh, I do most of my, uh, I do podcasts. I throw them up on Buzzsprout. So uh, what is it? Uh, Buzzsprout.horntakespodcast.com. If you go to that link, you'll see every podcast I've ever done going back to just after Red River shootout last year. Uh, there's about 56, 57 episodes at this point. I also stream everything live to YouTube, so you can find all that. Uh, I've even broke it down by by multiple uh, different sort of subjects, like the bullpens for baseball. From the cheap seats, we do football, uh, hardcourt horns. Obviously, we're talking about uh, basketball, so you can you can – See all that stuff. We check out those different playlists. Uh, that's at Horn Takes on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, which I don't tweet enough. I don't do enough of the social media stuff. I need to do better at that. I spend a lot of time on TikTok. You can find me there at Horn Takes. Uh, try to do videos every day and, and put clips up from the shows. Uh, so, yeah, man, I just like to talk about football. I like to talk about uh, Texas Longhorn sports. Uh, got interested in it, started doing it, and here we are today. And, uh, man, I absolutely appreciate you uh, having me on today. Love, again, just love to talk about sports. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.